Oh, no, it isn't. Ah, here we go. Okay. Yeah, I got a green light, guys. Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, uh, I'm Scott Smith. Uh, my wife and I, Oksana, are members of Redbridge Baptist Church. Um, our six-year-old daughter, uh, Mariana, is sitting back here. Uh, my wife is not here uh, this morning because uh, we just found out about a week ago uh, that she is pregnant, and she has some uh, morning sickness today, so uh, she's really sad that she can't be here, but, um, but we're so excited and, and grateful to God that he uh, has given us another child living inside of her body now. Um, so my wife is uh, really amazing. She's not only beautiful, as you all know, but she's uh, sweet and kind. She's extremely smart. Uh, she was a doctor in Ukraine and is now studying for her board exams to uh, become a physician here. And um, most of all, though, uh, she loves Jesus. And uh, I'm so thankful. Um, uh, sometimes I'm, I'm humbled as I um, live with her and, and I see her commitment to the Lord. Uh, just a, about a week ago, uh, she just grabbed me and said, we need to pray. And, and uh, she... I, I, I try to be the spiritual leader in my home, but she often is a great example to me. So, uh, And our 17-month-old son, son, Mark, is back in the nursery, and you should all be very grateful that he is. He's uh, a wild man. <laughs> so, a pastor was uh, joking with me one time recently, um, and looking at my family, said, Wow, your family is so beautiful. You are so unworthy. <laughs> and I, uh, I laughed, uh, but you know, the truth is, I am unworthy, uh, and so are you uh, for everything that God has given to you. Uh, but I, I am truly blessed uh, with the family God has given to me, uh, and we're blessed to be members of Redbridge. Uh, we really uh, love it here. Um, I feel very honored that Pastor would ask me to speak this morning uh, on the subject of biblical worship. I, <clears throat> I wondered why uh, he would choose me when I'm looking out here and seeing uh, men and women uh, who know the Bible uh, probably better than I do and are well studied, um, but I'm, I'm grateful uh, that Pastor gave me this opportunity. Uh, before I begin... Uh, our study. Uh, does anyone know what today is? It's a holiday. <laughs> Hallmark Cards created this day. Uh, no, seriously, they really did. Uh, I think it was back in the 90s. Does anyone know what today is? It's Pastor Appreciation Day. So our pastor is not here. Um, now, just because Hallmark Cards uh, created it doesn't mean we can't uh, do something here. So I, I think that pastor will be uh, looking and listening to the sermon later. So uh, what I'd like to do is uh, ask you, can you name 10 things that you love about our pastor? So begin thinking about those, um, and then we're just going to shout them out. So get your, get your loud voice going here. 
Uh, so just something really quick, something you love about our pastor. If we can't come up with 10, then I'll be very sad. So shout it out. He's what? He's preachy? His preaching. Oh, absolutely. Okay. He's your grandpa. All right. Optimistic? Yeah, absolutely. He's so positive. Passionate. Oh, wow, is he passionate. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Jazzed? Jazzed. Uh, did I say it right? Okay. <laughs> yes. He is loving and caring. He has told me many times uh, that, that he really has a pastor's heart. I tell him, wow, pastor, you are such an incredible uh, preacher and, and you really know theology because sometimes he downplays that. And he said, oh, I don't know, but my, I just, I love our people. And, and you can really tell that. Way back there. Help me out. He studies hard. Wow. Where are we up to? Seven or eight? Six? Okay, we got four more. Done. He is committed. Energetic. <laughs> he is a prayer warrior and his wife. Wow, Kathy is a prayer warrior. One more. He is encouraging. Yeah, I'm sure we could come up with a lot more, but uh, Pastor, when you listen to this, we all love you. And we appreciate you very much. One of the most important things that I appreciate about our pastor is his commitment to teaching God's word accurately and thoroughly. Um, he always uh, wants us to hear what God has to say and not what he has to say. Um, and that's exactly what I want today. I, what I have to say is unimportant. Uh, so I've, I've tried to pack this sermon full of scripture today because uh, what God has to say is, is what we want to hear. Um, one other thing about pastor's preaching, uh, do you all appreciate the fact that he goes verse by verse? That's his main way of teaching. He goes verse by verse through entire books of the Bible. There's incredible safety in that to make sure uh, there's not misinterpretation of Scripture. I, I love his attitude toward that. Um, and so we, um, we have just a great, a great pastor in all ways. So we're here to study about worship uh, today, but we're also here to worship. Um, let's see, I need to get this PowerPoint on, so... Guys, do, you, do I need to do anything to get to my first slide? Okay. So what is worship? Uh, it's been defined in many different ways by uh, different people, but uh, the Hebrew and the Greek, see if I can get that. Yes. Okay, so the Hebrew shakah and the Greek proskuneo uh, have the same basic meaning. And this meaning is basically prostration before God, total prostration physically, uh, flat on your face before God. Uh, we don't do that very often. Maybe you do at home. I hope you do when you're by yourself in your prayer closet. Uh, but this is the meaning uh, of these words. And so uh, whether it's uh, in this physical way or uh, in our heart, our attitude, 
prostrating ourselves before God as totally unworthy uh, is what the meaning is here. Um, This uh, word can be translated a couple of uh, different ways. Uh, Sometimes it's translated worship. Often it's translated worship. But often it's translated as bow down, which gives that idea of uh, physical prostration before a superior being. being. Um, The Hebrew and and Greek are important, but we also have uh, the English uh, translation of this worship uh, which usually is, is, a, is uh, defined by dictionaries as uh, giving honor and reverence uh, to something, um, usually a, a superior being, but uh, it can, we, we all know that some people worship things, ideas, uh, uh, other people, um, and things that they have. Uh, So let's look at some uh, examples of prostration before the Lord. Okay, so Genesis 17.3, Abraham fell on his face and God talked to him. 1 Kings 18.38 and 39, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offerings and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Nehemiah 8 6. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands, or if you're a Baptist, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. Then they bowed low and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Ezekiel, I'm sorry, did I, uh, okay, let's see. Here we go, Ezekiel 9.8. As they were striking the people and I alone was left, I fell on my face and cried out saying, Alas, Lord God, are you destroying the whole remnant of Israel by pouring out your wrath on Jerusalem? And to the New Testament, Matthew 2, 11, uh, this is uh, the wise men, the Magi. And after coming to the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Jesus gave an example himself as he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me Yet not as I will, but as you will. Another, Luke five twelve. While he was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And finally, Revelation seven eleven. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces. The angels fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. Uh, There are many other verses uh, that I did not include here. Um, When we fall on our faces before the Lord, 
we're acknowledging that he is holy and that we aren't. Um, this, this is the position we should be in with our heart at all times, of course. Uh, but this physical act of prostrating yourself uh, can possibly aid in this. Um, maybe we're not still being still enough and knowing that God is the Lord, the creator of the universe, the all-powerful, almighty God. Um, but this, this attitude of prostration is uh, really worth considering. If, if you don't do that, I'm preaching to myself today, too. Uh, I'm, I determined that I was not going to preach to you. I'm simply trying to give the word of God here, and I learned a lot this week. Uh, these last few weeks uh, studying for this. And so I need this just as much as you do. And I know that uh, I've been thinking a lot about this bowing myself physically uh, before God. Uh, Let's read Isaiah 6, uh, verses 1 through 5. And so uh, let's see how Isaiah responded Uh, When he had this vision, God gave him this vision of being in the throne room. And let's see what, what happened here. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two, he covered his face. Uh, Chuck Swindoll mentioned that He must cover his face because of the glory of God. And with two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, For I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So we can see what Isaiah uh, felt and thought at this point. He was truly humbled before uh, the Lord and saw who he is, and that's what we should do uh, every day. Isaiah 45, verses 21 through 23. And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and Savior. There is none beside me, besides me to turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn from my mouth has gone out in righteousness A word that shall not return. To me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear allegiance. And so we will all bow before God. If you're not prostrating yourself before God now, uh, there will be a time when every knee will bow before God and, and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, which brings us to this next passage in Philippians. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, 
so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, all those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, Will you please turn in your hymn books to hymn 178, hymn 178. As we sing this, um, if, if you choose to, you're welcome to. If, if not, at least uh, I, I would like for you to, uh, on our, we're going to sing it once with the uh, hymn book, reading the words, and then on the second time through, uh, at the very least, bow your head. If you feel like you want to get on your knees uh, before God, if you're able to, uh, that would be fine. But at least in your heart, be uh, on your face before the Lord. And, and the last verse, we'll sing it twice, once as written. The second time we will sing, You are Lord, and let's make this a prayer to God. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. He Now bow your heads and sing. You are Lord. You are Lord. You have risen from the dead. Then you are Lord. Amen. I love playing Christian music uh, throughout my day. Every day I listen to Christian music. Uh, I hope you do that. And uh, how many of you listen to Christian music regularly? Would you just like raise your hand? Okay, good. You know then that those songs come into your mind uh, when you're not planning on it, right? You just like spontaneously uh, just start singing something, um, humming a tune and thinking of those words. So I want to encourage all of you uh, to do that. Listen to Christian music a lot and sing with it. Don't just listen to it. Uh, Sing with it to God. So as I said, the attitude of our heart uh, is important. And the attitude of our heart either pleases or displeases God. Uh, We must worship him with the right attitude. Uh, Even if we get in this physical position, and think about the uh, non-Christian religions that prostrate themselves before God, uh, they aren't worshiping the true God, and that worship is not acceptable to God. Uh, We'll see later in some verses that uh, worship to God must be acceptable. Um, So these... uh, this prostration itself, physical, isn't enough. We must have that heart uh, attitude. 
Let's look a little bit at how important heart attitude is. Matthew 5, 21 through 22. Uh, you all know this uh, passage probably. You have heard the, the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. So if you have an attitude of anger towards someone, you're just as guilty as the murderer. Let's look at Matthew 5, 27 and 28. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If you lust for a woman, you're just as guilty as the adulterer. God cares about your heart more, even more than physically what you're doing. Uh, Jeremiah 17:10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please men, man, but to please God who tests our hearts. Ephesians 5, 6, 5 and 6. Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. God wants our heart. Matthew 6, 1 through 6. Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving will be in secret. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I've heard, that, uh, heard it said that uh, character is what you do when no one else is looking. That shows what your true character is. So God is concerned about our heart. Um, so if we have a, heart, a right heart attitude but don't do anything, is that pleasing to God? Um, and the answer to that would be no, God wants both. Uh, if your attitude is, uh, I want to see people saved, I want to tell people about Jesus, and you really feel this in your heart, but then you don't do anything, uh, is God pleased with that? No. Uh, God wants both. He wants us to have the right heart attitude and to do. So it isn't either or. And if your attitude toward your wife is, I love her very much, but... You never tell her that. You never help out around the house. You never take her on a date. Uh, and in her mind, she thinks, uh, he doesn't care about me at all. Uh, well, she's not going to think you love her. You, you need to do something, too, not just have that heart attitude. And if you have the right heart attitude, 
won't the works come out? Uh, Bringing us back to worship then, physical posture seems to be a major part of worship in the Bible. Uh, But our inward being, our heart, mind, and soul also need to be prostrated in total submission uh, to the Lord. Uh, So this is a much stronger definition than the English definition of simply giving um, great honor and respect and reverence uh, or devotion. It goes beyond uh, the simple words. Uh, MacArthur, uh, John MacArthur, really uh, goes into great detail about uh, worship. By the way, uh, if you want to study this subject in a deeper way, MacArthur has an eight-sermon series uh, on this subject, which is, is really good. He also has a book on worship, uh, so if you're interested, that would be a great place to go. Um, so he, uh, he says that our whole lives must be a life of worship. Uh, if, if you, um, he gives some uh, verses, and I'll show these later, where if you're evangelizing, this is a form of showing God uh, glory, honor. And if you're um, giving to the poor, uh, giving to the church, you're financially, uh, these are ways that you uh, are worshiping God. And you're uh, living a holy life is a way of worshiping God. So he says, if you uh, don't live for God at all during the week, and then you come in here once a week, and you think that this is true worship, he says, you're dead wrong. Uh, God isn't going to accept that kind of worship because uh, you're showing where your heart really is. Okay, so who, whom should we worship? Uh, We should worship God. Let's worship God the Father. John 4, 23, this is a a great passage on uh, worship. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. So should we worship the Son, Jesus Christ? Amen, yes. Uh, And this really hangs on the question, is Jesus God? Um, And so, of course, we could uh, read many, many passages. That could be a sermon series in itself uh, describing the deity of Jesus. But uh, if there's someone here who doesn't uh, know that Jesus is God, let's uh, go over that real quickly here. Is Jesus God? In John 10, 30 through 33, Uh, Jesus says, I and the Father are one. Now, some people will say, oh, he wasn't really saying that, but let's see what the people who heard him, the Jews that heard him, uh, thought that he said. If you look down there, uh, after he said, I and the Father are one, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him, and Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father, for which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. Jesus was absolutely claiming to be God there. John fourteen eight through 9 Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. 
How can you say, show us the Father? And then, of course, John 1, 1 through 3. Let's all say that together. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Uh, This passage also shows uh, that Jesus is the creator of the universe. Uh, In in the uh, third verse, it says that all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made uh, that was made. Uh, Hebrews 1, 1 through 2 also teaches this. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And, of course, in Genesis, uh, we see the word us and we, uh, speaking of uh, God. So the Trinity is clearly made known there. And then in um, Colossians 1, 16 uh, through 17, uh, Jesus is not only the creator of the universe, but he holds it all together. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So how do the planets hold together? How do they stay in orbit? Um, Why doesn't the moon, which is necessary... Uh, for life on the earth. If you haven't read about that, that's very interesting, uh, a very interesting subject. We, that, the moon is necessary for our life to exist on the earth. Why doesn't it crash into the earth? Why doesn't it fly off into outer space? Um, and what about atoms? What's inside of an atom? What's, what's in the middle? Protons. But protons are supposed to repel each other, Right. How do do those protons all stay together in that nucleus? Uh, Well, I think Jesus holds them together. So this this verse teaches uh, certainly that Jesus is God. All of these verses do. Um, Another verse, Matthew 1.23. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. I have this really cool mug. I I meant to bring it this morning, and I didn't. And it has all these names of Jesus on it. Uh, The Almighty Father, and uh, uh, God, Emmanuel, God with us, and uh, on and on, all of these names, many of them speaking of Jesus as God. Uh, Titus 2, 13, looking for the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so we could look at uh, many more scriptures uh, that would show this. Uh, And Jesus accepted worship as God. Let's look at this. Matthew 2, 11, after coming into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell to the ground and worshiped him. Matthew 28, 9, and behold, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Matthew 28, 17, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. Uh, after the resurrection, 
uh, Luke 24:52. That last one was also. Uh, and they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And John 9:38. And he said, "Lord, I believe." And he worshiped him. So yes, we should worship Jesus. Uh, I usually pray, Father or Heavenly Father, and then I will uh, say my prayer, or maybe I'll say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, uh, because we're taught that we must come to the Father through Jesus. Uh, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. So we come to Jesus, come to God in prayer like this. But I also sometimes pray to Jesus. Does anybody else pray to Jesus directly? Yeah, you can do that. It's, it's okay to do that. And it's okay to worship Jesus. So what about the Holy Spirit? Should we worship the Holy Spirit? Amen. Okay, so let's not be afraid to worship the Holy Spirit and to talk about him in these terms just because the Pentecostal and charismatic movements have distorted uh, the meaning of Scripture and have, have developed false doctrines uh, in this area. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is God. And yes, you can worship him. Uh, R.A. Torrey. Does anyone know who R.A. Torrey was? Uh, R.A. Torrey was um, a, um, a companion of uh, D.L. Moody in Chicago and uh, he became the uh, pastor of Moody Church, and then he went to California, and he said, I'm going to start uh, something like the Moody Bible Institute in California, which is the Los Angeles Bible Institute, I think it was called, and then it later became Biola University, and uh, R.A. Torrey was also uh, the founder of uh, Church of the Open Door uh, in L.A. Uh, who else was pastor of Church of the Open Door? J. Vernon McGee, of course. Uh, so R.A. Torrey, a uh, great theologian. And R.A. Torrey, okay, well, let's uh, move on here. There we go. Okay, so in Matthew, he says, this is uh, R.A. Torrey, in his, oh, and he wrote this uh, series of 90 essays called The Fundamentals, which many consider is the beginning of the fundamentalism uh, movement. And so one of these essays uh, in here was about the Holy Spirit. And in, he says, in Matthew 12, 31 through 32, we read, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be give, forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Here we are told that the Holy Spirit may be blasphemed. And then Tori says this, It is impossible to blaspheme an influence or power. Only a person can be blasphemed. We are still further told that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is a more serious and decisive sin than even the blasphemy of the Son of Man himself. Could anything make more clear that the Holy Spirit is a person and a divine person? So we should worship the Holy Spirit. Also, I want to refer to you to an article uh, called Should We Worship the Holy Spirit? 
Uh, it's on gotquestions.org, which uh, Redbridge Baptist Church supports. Some of you, have any of you written an article for gotquestions.org? Pastor said that we've had a few people in our congregation that contribute to that. Okay, so that's a great uh, website, and it has uh, many languages available uh, for you to read the articles. Um, so, we should re- worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Whom or what should we not worship? Well, obviously we should not be worshiping other gods and idols, but let's take a look at that real quick. In Exodus 23 through 5, you shall have no other gods before me or besides me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on earth beneath, or in the water underneath, under the earth, you shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And we should worship no person, thing, or idea. Uh, Nothing else should be worshipped. We shouldn't worship worship ourselves, other people, things, money, career, music. Nothing should take God's rightful place as the Lord in our lives. He is a jealous God. Luke 4, 6 through 8. And the devil said to him, this is Jesus, I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, you, if you worship me, it shall be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Uh, I think I'm going to skip this next example, which is uh, long, but basically, well, we can read just a little bit of it. This is the passage in, in Romans. Uh, let's just look at uh, the highlighted area there. They worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Uh, and these, these are people that were uh, involved in Uh, degrading passions, uh, homosexuality. Uh, So if anybody says homosexuality is not condemned in the Bible, well, here it is. So Adrian Rogers um, said, anything you love, fear, serve, or honor more than God is an idol. The more you worship them, the more you participate in them. So we should not worship them. So why should we worship God? We, dis- we discussed what is worship. Uh, we discussed um, whom should we worship and whom should we not worship. But why should we worship? Because God commands us to. Let's look at some scriptures. Deuteronomy six thirteen. You shall fear only the Lord your God, and you shall worship him and swear by his name. We were created to worship God. Uh, let's look at, I don't have this in my notes, but uh, can you turn to your Bibles and look at um, Revelation 4, 11. Revelation 4, 11.
I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. Uh, does anyone have a uh, King James version with them? You can uh, read. Brother Ray, could you read that for us? God created us for his pleasure. Uh, We are created uh, for his glory, not for us. He didn't create us so that we can have a good time on this earth. Um, I remember when I was first uh, saved, I came across the Four Spiritual Laws tract, and it said, uh, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Well, that may be true, but that's not the focus. Of, uh, of why God made us and why he saved us. He saved us and created us to worship him. I would love to sing that, uh, that song right now. Uh, let's stand real quick and let's sing uh, Thou Art Worthy. Brother Mark, is that in our hymn book? Okay, let's stand. Get you out of your seats just for a minute. Let's go back and read that. Uh, Romans eleven thirty six. 36. Uh, For from him and through him and to him are all things. This is all about Jesus, not about us. It's all about God. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. So that's why we should worship God. Now, how should we worship God? Okay, well, this could take... Uh, Eight sermons. <laughs> how, how should we worship God? Brother Mark spoke of the Psalms. Uh, certainly we have lots of examples uh, of music uh, in worship. Uh, oh, let's go back there. Our worship must be acceptable to God. Uh, let's look at a scripture here. Uh, Romans 12, 1. Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God which is your spiritual service of worship. The worship must be acceptable. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Uh, John 4, 20 through 24 Uh, talks about uh, what is acceptable worship. Uh, Let's look uh, at this. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. Uh, Let's go down uh, to the middle here. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Uh, And this is the uh, part that I just read. Okay, so we must worship God in spirit and in truth. Um, So what does it mean to worship God in spirit? Well, some people may say, oh, that means uh, with your emotions. I don't think that's what this is talking about at all. Uh, Whenever the word spirit is used, it refers to the immaterial part of humanity that connects with God himself, uh, who himself is a spirit. Uh, By the way, gotquestions.org has a nice uh, article on that too. Um, So uh, theologians, most theologians believe that the soul and the spirit are two separate parts. 
uh, of man, and that we have a soul which could be our emotions, our heart, um, and our whole being, basically. But when we are saved, we, our spirit becomes alive. And then you can worship God in your spirit. Um, so my time is uh, running short here. Um, I'm going to give you, uh, I, I really don't know who's out here uh, that might not know the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here it is in one minute. If you are not spiritually born, if you have not been born again, you need to recognize, number one, that you are a sinner. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You need to fall on your face and acknowledge God for who he is. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 John 1.9 says that you, if you confess to God your sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive you of your sins. Isaiah 53 says that all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone uh, has gone his own way, uh, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I love that illustration of all of our sins are written in this book. Uh, mine would fill volumes and volumes. And Isaiah 53 says, and the Lord Jesus without sin, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Second uh, Corinthians 5.21 says that he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God. Uh, Bob George, the author, says that that's the great exchange. Uh, Christ exchanged uh, his righteousness for our sin. Um, and then uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You must believe in him. If you want to know more about that, please come forward at the end of the service and there will be men here who can uh, show you the details of how to receive that salvation from Jesus. Uh, lastly, the uh, scripture says that we must worship him in spirit and truth. What's truth? Jesus is truth. Jesus is, is uh, truth in many places uh, in the scripture. Okay, let's get through that. There's got questions.org. Okay, and that's my uh, slide, so uh, the others aren't coming up. Uh, John 17, 17, thy word is truth. Uh, the truth is in this book, the Bible. If you want to worship God, you can't worship him in your own way. You need to worship him according to uh, the scriptures. I'm not going to uh, go into the last part of my uh, message here. Uh, if Pastor Vic uh, gives me another opportunity, um, I'll go into this. But actually, the last part was going to deal with music. And you may wonder, why in the world, you being a professional musician, aren't you talking about music? Isn't, isn't worship music? Uh, we, we, don't we have uh, our worship time during our service? And then we have preaching? 
Uh, and don't we have music pastors? We, that's not what we call you, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, worship pastor. We don't call you our worship pastor. Um, we, we equate music with worship often uh, in, in our 21st century uh, evangelical church. But although music is very important in worship, it's not to be equated with worship. So, uh, and and uh, Daniel Block, um, uh, who's a was a professor at Wheaton College and graduate of several Southern Baptist seminaries, uh, he talks about this, and he says that uh, if you look through the Scripture, you will see that uh, most of the instances of those words shaka and uh, proskaneo do not contain music in that verse. The, the Bible has a lot to say about um, worship outside of music. But I, I did want to say a lot about music, too, because uh, obviously the Psalms um, are uh, a great uh, place for us to uh, worship God. And uh, thank you for uh, doing that for us this morning. We had a great time of worship. 